Welcome back to On the Ground, a podcast for the members of Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, Ontario. I am rejoined today by Alex Klusterman and Malachi McCavney. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Malachi? Oh, someone's phone is ringing. Doing pretty good. Uh, Yeah, good. We are down one today, actually. Ryland Auger is absent. I was thinking Ryland is kind of like Batman. Uh, You're never really sure where he is, but you just know that somewhere he's making the world a safer place for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to miss him today, but uh, hopefully we'll get him on the next time. So we are going to be forging ahead, uh, endeavoring as always to assist Christians towards uh, practical theology. Uh, The Word of God is applicable and relevant So we're going to be talking about wisdom today uh, and the importance of wisdom if we want to be living obedient, honoring, uh, mindful Christian lives, which we should hopefully always be aiming for. Uh, So our age, perhaps more than any other, has been defined as an information age. Uh, We love our facts, we love our news and our series and our Wikipedia Uh, And because we're surrounded by so many facts and information, kind of this uh, daily deluge of new information, uh, I think the kind of default assumption is that we're also just a wise people, um, that our wealth of information uh, inevitably results in us being wise. So maybe we could start here and spend some time talking about uh, the difference between knowing facts, having information, and having wisdom, that is living wise wise lives. Uh, Maybe we could include a a definition uh, in there somewhere. So I'll throw that out to you guys, and you can take it where you will. Yeah, no, that's a helpful distinction. Knowing something and being wise are not synonymous in Scripture. And if we think about this practically in our own lives, we know this to be the case. We know... um, smart people who do stupid things, right? We know people who possess vast amounts of knowledge and experience and education who are not above uh, making train wrecks of their lives. And even ourselves, we do things probably daily um, that's not consistent with our knowledge and uh, that is not, you you know, the wisest decision. So um, in the scriptures, wisdom... The word really just means skill in one sense. Wisdom means skill. And if you look at, if you just read the word wisdom in your Bible, uh, it doesn't just refer to, you know, older people and contemplation, but even refers to the skill that people possess, um, practical skills, skills of their hands. Um, I would say that a biblical definition um, is, is something like Fred Zaspel says, the scale of living successfully under God. Mm. Um, and of, of course, successfully as God defines that. Uh, but that's that's a good definition of wisdom. Um, seeing reality and living in light of it. And you need both of those two things. Wisdom is not something that remains ethereal and is stuck in our heads. You don't possess wisdom if you don't know how to execute or if you... Um, don't act in accordance with what you know. You you still lack wisdom. And so that's why wisdom and knowledge are not synonymous. 
and you must know uh, the right way to live, and you must possess the character to actually execute, to follow through on that. So the scale of living successfully under God, I like that definition of wisdom. I think that's a good, a good broad definition. Right. So, yeah, it's it's not um, right knowing or right living or successful living as as I'm supposed to find it there, but it's it's more of a synthesis between the two. Mm. Um, it's um, uh, you know the charge could be leveled by some who um, you know anti intellectual. You know, we, we just need to know how to live, but we need to. Um, have truth. We need to have truth first, informing, yeah. inflaming, uh, giving life to to how we live. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of the middle road between uh, both of those things. No, that's a good definition. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we could uh, talk more about wisdom and specifically maybe um, how intuitive uh, do we think it is? Is mm-hmm. it kind of something, you know, you mentioned the age factor there, Al, that we inevitably grow into as we get older? Mm-hmm. Or is it something we intentionally have to put uh, before ourselves? Yeah. Uh, I would say it is not intuitive. And the repeated um, refrain, and especially in the book of the Proverbs, is to seek wisdom and to prize wisdom. It's something that it seems that in order to possess it, you must at first acknowledge that you do not possess it. Mm. It's one of those things where if you actually think you're wise, you're not. And if you acknowledge the limits of your wisdom and your need to attain it, to pursue it, to seek it, you are on the path to wisdom. So when I think of summarizing um, kind of what, 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 Proverb says, which is a form of wisdom literature, an ancient Near Eastern form of literature. It's not unique to the book of Proverbs. We see um, in Ecclesiastes, we see glimpses of it in the Psalms as well, and and beyond the scriptures. Wisdom literature is a form of um, literature. We see that there is both a posture and a process to gaining wisdom. And um, the posture is the fear of the Lord, it's the beginning mm-hmm. of understanding. And we see kind of other related postures beneath that humility, self suspicion, um, uh, seeking counsel from others, these type, these postures of the heart. And then the recognition that wisdom is a process um, repeatedly throughout the Psalms. We see on the flip side that folly is the opposite of this. Fall, the fool, folly, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And the fool tries to get um, all the benefits of wisdom the wrong way. So it doesn't, sub- it doesn't have the right posture and it doesn't submit to the process. So a fool tries to seek the benefits of um, you know, sexual intimacy outside of marriage. The fool tries to gain wealth and riches in underhanded ways, uh, quick ways, quick wealth, not rather than trusting that if you give yourself to, for example, the um, refinement of a skill and a trade, that that will, you know, that God will reward that or that, that 
you know, you will stand before kings, as it says in Proverbs. The fool wants the wants all of the benefits right here, right now. And I would say that's something that defines our age, kind uh-huh. of as, as a an application of this. What is more true of us than we want everything now? We want to be entrepreneurs and when we're 22. Like I watched a video. You know those ads on YouTube? You know those ads. I, I know them. You know them. Anyways, there's this one of this, literally this kid had braces. He's like, do you want to know the secret to making money? How do you make your money make money? And he literally had his spiked hair, his braces, his barely pubescent voice. And he's like, I got a $10 million company and I'm talking to my friends who have $50 million. I'm just like, who is this kid? But he had a get rich quick scheme. And I'm like, yeah. this, this is 2020 right here. Yeah. You know, how do you make a truckload of cash super easy without hard work right away? Mm-hmm. That's, and it came up a couple of times. I'm like, why are they selecting me for this ad? What does this say about me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but that's just folly. And I'm not saying turn down good opportunities. And, but that's kind of the spirit of the age. You know, I can, I don't need to work hard. I don't need to give myself to something for 10 years. I don't need to, you know, it should happen right away. Right. Yeah, that definitely flies in the face of everything we're exposed to. And, and uh, I was just thinking how um, we often assume that um, with, you know, that saying, with age comes wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a degree to which, you know, the more you live, the more experiences you're exposed to yeah. and the more uh, you can share with younger people. And I think we should always have a posture of deference and respect towards um, older people. Yes. But it, but it strikes me that um, for many older people I've talked to, not all, uh, that have even grown up in the church, um, the first thing I would think of is not um, necessarily that this is a very wise person. There's there's often uh, a bitterness, uh, cynicism. You know, life has done me wrong. Um, uh, whether materialism has has kind of dulled the edge of uh, of uh, spiritual pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so. It's kind of a rebuke and, and an exhortation to us right now that if we don't prioritize, like you said, the fear of the Lord when we're young, mm-hmm. if we are not, um, if that's kind of not our default posture, if we have the the posture of, oh, it will come someday when I'm older, it likely just won't come. No. Um, it's something, the habits that we are walking in today are going to shape who we are in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point, Ben. And it's, you're basically, you know, driving home the point that wisdom and age are not synonymous Mm -hmm. and wisdom. um, On the one hand, we want to recognize that with experience comes a greater opportunity for, for wisdom. Obviously there's things you can't unsee and there's things you don't know when you're young, but it doesn't follow that simply going through life will make you wise. And that goes back to the whole posture and process. If you've been neglecting the, the posture of humility and the fear of the Lord, and you've been trying to get around the process your whole life, 
you won't suddenly arrive because you're old. Mm-hmm. And um, part of what's underneath this, the the book of Proverbs and and inherent to wisdom is the assumption that the world is the way that it is, and I am not the exception. Yeah, and um, that's that that's. That is what humility says. The humility says, I am not the exception. If I spend my money unwisely and do not save, it won't just work out for me because yeah. I'm somehow, you know, the, the the rules of this reality don't apply to me. Or say, you know, I can't live my life however I want until I'm 25 and expect that those won't carry over into my marriage because... And you would never say that if you thought of someone else. But when we think about ourselves, we just tend to, we tend to functionally think that won't happen to me. That doesn't apply to me. But that's that's folly. And wisdom says, no, the world is a certain way. The humanity is a certain way. That these aren't rock solid laws. There's exceptions. You can, hey, that kid with braces could have been filthy rich, <laughs> right? Like. Like maybe he does have a ten million dollar company and he made his money quick and absolutely that happens, um, but but it's saying under the normal course of things because the world is a certain way, you know, this is how we ought to live in order to be successful as God defines it. So, yeah, just not viewing ourselves as the exception. Which again, what's more symptomatic of this age? You know, I've said that twice now. So I guess one of them's more symptomatic, but um, yeah. yeah. And all the more important to be allowing ourselves to be shaped not only by scripture, obviously we need to be shaped primarily and preeminently by scripture and and the wisdom of Proverbs and um, but also the wisdom of um, of good books. Uh, and and um, exposing ourselves to lives and times beyond our own, uh, and exposing yes. ourselves uh, to history. Yes. And um, you know, this is how holy men and women of God have conducted themselves in the past. Um, they've worked hard. They've studied hard. They've they've lived well, and this is the fruit of those lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, we're just so um, hemmed in by the priorities of the present. Yeah. And and it, it, we can't, we literally can't, uh, I mean, how many times have we been reading and, 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 and there's categories there we haven't even thought about. Yeah. Uh, because we're just so, uh, you know, closed in by the priorities of this age. So primarily scripture also uh, lives and, and and books and history beyond our own so one of one of the biblical reasons for that is is um, is because wisdom is primarily concerned with listening and not speaking yeah whereas the fool is the opposite it says in yeah. proverbs 18 two a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion mm-hmm. so that's social media right social media yes. exists primarily for self expression and yeah. i i'm not ranting against you know the 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 place and the use of it um, yeah but but i think it's fair to say and we would all acknowledge that social media is primarily about self expression um secondarily about listening and yes. that perpetuates 
the folly of the human heart, which which is uh, takes no pleasure in listening and feels that the most important thing for us is to express ourselves and actually feels that we are endangered or um, in unhealthy environments if we aren't allowed to do that, if we simply have to listen. And what to bring this down to what you're saying about reading, reading is fundamentally about listening. And what reading from the past does is it increases the likelihood that you will be confronted with and exposed to views and opinions and ideas that you do not possess, that are not yours. And um, one type of person, you know, the fool thinks that's just a waste of time because they're really looking for just affirmation for what they already believe. But the wise person says, how do I go and seek out um, as I would for gold? How do I go seek with all of my might and energy uh, knowledge that I lack about God and about his world? Where would I find that? Hmm. Well, a great place to find that is people who aren't thinking and speaking and saying things that you already know. Yes. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads into the next question, and we've already mentioned a few things, but kind of how do we get wisdom? Um, and we've already talked about books, uh, you know, exposing ourselves to history, um, uh, having our kind of mentality of how we arrive at wisdom reshaped. It doesn't come right away. It's something we have to work at. Um, what are some other um, ways that we can that Christians can put themselves in the way of the path of wisdom. Mm -hmm. uh, developing healthy relationships in your local church, mm. because I mean we come back to this probably every week, but um, in the book of Proverbs, a lot of it is a discussion between a father and a son. And there's a, a familial relationship and kind of the context for wisdom is, is within a family. And um, I think there, there's a relationship of authority and submission, a relationship of deference, a relationship, you know, my son listened to my instruction, the father um, telling the son to bind his mother's instruction uh around him and so a wise person has healthy authority leaders teachers in their lives that they defer to and listen to um, they are not self-directed people now that doesn't mean you're a mindless clone but it's it's like most people think those are the only options today you know complete autonomy or just you know mindless subjugation but you know listening to your parents, um, trusting that people know more than you, having an attitude, I mentioned it, of self-suspicion and um, feeling as though that if we were left on our own and to ourselves, that's actually a very dangerous place to be. Uh, so be in a local church, surround yourself with wise people, healthy relationships, read old, old books, have a posture of listening in general. Mm -hmm. those types of things yeah yeah and, and kind of the underlying um 
virtue or quality that enables us to be open and to pursue all those things is is humility. Yeah, uh, kind of something that's utterly lost uh, on us today. Um, but it it is it is the path to wisdom. There really is no other no other way to get there. Yeah. Um, can I say one more thing, Ben? You absolutely can. Yeah. We we mentioned that age doesn't um, is not synonymous with wisdom, but uh, there's a today. I I feel though as though there's a celebration of youth. Oh, absolutely. The youth. Yeah. I mean, we look at the Greta situation. It's like, yeah. And I don't necessarily. I'm not saying anything about your sincerity or whatever, but yeah, as if you know, a 12 year old, whoever has solved the complex issues of the weather. Yeah. Like, is this, a, is that a joke? But yeah. it actually is it in the Psalms or proverb. No, there's this verse where it talks about basically the judgment of God being on a, a country when it's children rule. Yeah. And yeah, wisdom doesn't necessarily follow with age, but that doesn't mean like that just means it's a whole lot worse the younger you are. <laughs> like yeah. the younger yeah. you are, you, you, yeah, you don't have the experience yeah. and everything else to kind of mitigate against those things. So in our church culture, we see that the same way. Hey, I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm 34. You're you're my age, I think. You know, we're a young church. Um, when I was training, I'm 68 actually. You're you're an old man. <laughs> Your cardiovascular capabilities are. That's know, right. I have the heart of a sixty-eight-year-old man. My my health age, according to the gym, is forty-six. So, <laughs> and that doesn't make me wise. But um, where I was going with this is, I think even in church culture, we celebrate youth. I yeah. mean, we were just talking about churches recently looking for pastors, and how many churches, um would look at someone who's 30 and has a young family and think this is the great hope of our church when they're doing interviews and overlook someone who's 55, who's had a successful marriage and still loves the Lord. Um, I think yeah. today a lot of people would choose that 30-year-old and yeah. not based on anything other than the fact that he's young. And I mean, as someone who is young, I would caution against that i would say uh we need to honor and respect and appreciate age and we need to encourage the saints in our church i mean you mentioned how a lot of people tap out but maybe a lot of people have been left behind like maybe people feel what's my role in this youth-centered church this youth-centered culture like i'm not i don't i'm not on snapchat i'm not on twitter like i don't know what i can do here yeah. And so the church to really prioritize in an age that's lost its view of the elderly saints to really say, no, you have enormous value. Um, yeah. I think that runs along with our obsession with technology as well. Um, you know, the older you are, the more difficult it is to, to just learn new things. Yeah. Um, and so the rapidity of, of, of technology, its advances and and changes, um, that's you know a recipe for for older people getting left behind. Oh yeah. So it's 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 up to us as a church also to emphasize that technology 
well it has well it has its uses and we've talked about this in the past it's not the savior and it's not a replacement for for actual relationships for mm -hmm. uh you know going out for a coffee with an older person and and mm -hmm. and listening and that runs against our culture but um i think it's important that we prioritize that yeah um i had something else i was going to say about that but unsurprisingly I've, I've forgotten you know what let's just move on it probably wasn't important anyway um so we've already we've already talked about that one a little bit um how wisdom guards us mm -hmm. um i i was thinking of you know we already mentioned solomon giving wisdom to his son uh kind of teaching him about the dangers of immorality yeah uh and one way wisdom guards us is that it it um it shows us the end of following a certain path the consequences the consequences so yeah. you know he's i forget which chapter it is but you know he's warning about the consequences and the steps leading up to it because yes. they can often be very subtle deceptive yes. steps um but you know her steps lead down to death uh mm. you know, the dead are buried there and 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 how sin deceives us is that it it's all about the moment right it's all about the the immediate pleasure and think how good is this going to feel not just uh lust and immorality but but all kinds of sin materialism and and uh immediate you know the obsession with entertainment all of these things it's all about the immediate but what wisdom does and what the scriptures do is they show us the end of certain ways. Yeah. Um, and and that, that can kind of guard us against the deceptions of sin, one way, yeah. I think. Yeah, folly, another way of saying that folly views itself as the exception is to say that folly considers that there are no consequences. Mm -hmm. Folly lives as though there's no real consequences, and wisdom considers those and the blessings, the blessings of the fear of the Lord. So when we consider the the father's instruction to his son to avoid the the shady lady, the forbidden woman, um, he he doesn't just say this is where that goes, and he does this. This leads to death, and it like like a oxen to slaughter, you know. Um, that's where that goes. He also says, don't he says, don't be intoxicated. He uses the same word to say, be intoxicated with your own wife. And part of the way you guard against the deception of sin is you so you show the superiority of um, obedience and blessing and faith and um, the fear of the Lord. And so wisdom wisdom is not just an avoidance, but in what it pursues as well. And yeah. you know yeah. what is what is the good life? Is the good life really? Because that's really the question that wisdom is answering. What is the good life? Um, and according to God, the good life looks different. It doesn't look like immediate gratification that will ruin you. It looks like continued obedience and joy. So, yeah, that's important because I think, um, yeah, wisdom is 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 often 
defined in terms of of the negative like many things unfortunately often how we we talk about the christian life it's what to avoid what to not do yeah. and yet uh all throughout scripture is it's it's just as much about holding out the path of life yes as it is um giving us warnings against pursuing the path of death yes and that's a really important narrative to take back yes i think something that we're trying to do um but it's it's you know we're working against not only ourselves but kind of um narratives that have been perpetuated for for some several generations i think yeah to to bring it back to your question wisdom guards us not just by showing us the consequences of disobedience and foolishness but by showing us the superior pleasures of obedience and and the fear of the lord mm-hmm. And that's really important in our own lives. You know, if you, if you, you know, kind of secretly and in your deepest and the deepest place of your heart feel that folly is better, <laughs> like it's not long before you'll, yeah. you'll just go down that path. And that's wisdom right. says, no, no, this isn't just right. It's good. Yeah. And this is, this is the good life. You know, yeah. this is a good life. And this, then that's what we, we hope for in the bringing up of our children as well. Yes. We're not just telling them to, to avoid the busy intersections and yeah. uh, whatever it is, we're actually training them on the path of obedience, which um, is going to be the best for them and yeah. for society and, and all of those kind of things, right? Yeah. Both of those things are present. The more I, uh, anyways, that, that's another subject. We'll talk about that later. I think we should talk about, uh, this is completely unrelated. This is what I was going to mention earlier when I forgot. The idea of authenticity and how, and how it is the preeminent quality of today. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're wrong. It doesn't matter if you're propagating destuc- destructive ideas. It's authentic. Just so long as you're being authentic. And I think that is so destructive uh, anyways. But that is a whole other kettle of fish that we're not even going to get into. But thanks for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, there's another question. Um, so what are... You know, we've already talked about this, actually. Um, how, how can we tell... What are some symptoms that we may just be amassing knowledge and not actually growing in wisdom. How can we uh, maybe see some symptoms and, and what do we need to change to avoid just becoming information bloated Christians? Mm-hmm. Well, look at what you do with the information. I mean, if, if it doesn't lead you to a more loving life, a more God honoring life, according to what the Bible defines that as, uh, that's a pretty good indication that you lack wisdom, no matter what knowledge you possess. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you know, kind of a broad strokes response to that. If you don't, if you are only growing in a particular knowledge, so say something that interests you, um, something that comes naturally to you, and you are avoiding learning in areas where you are not as competent, or um, you are surrounded either in person or uh, digitally and otherwise by people who think the same way as you. Um, that's, and not just that. I mean, part of that's unavoidable, right? 
But if you are curating your life to be that way, you know, that's a good, that's a good indication. Um, I think um, the importance of, of praying for God to take what we know, uh, praying for the spirit to apply that uh, in a way that's transformative. Uh, because it's it's absolutely possible to be exposed to to truth and to uh, good to good things, mm-hmm. and um, and to mistake and to assume that we are you know we're being transformed, but it actually um, we need we need the spirit to to drive those truths home in a way that's transformative in a way that's conforming us increasingly to christ it's just it's it's the path of least resistance isn't it yeah Uh, just just knowing things yeah it doesn't really require effort um it it doesn't really require sacrifice but to take what we know and live in light of it yeah that that's where the rubber hits the road and that's where we can just check out yeah and become two-dimensional christians if we're not careful yeah, based, to put it practically, because you know we are on the ground, right? To put this one yes. on the ground is that you're, you, you, you can only know how wise you are and what you do. That's the only place. Wisdom requires right. knowledge, yeah. but it never stops there. And the only real indication of your wisdom is in what you do, which is what James, which is, which is the book of James includes wisdom literature. Yeah, it talks all about faith and works. He said, you know. You, you have your faith, I'll show you my faith by my works. And faith without works is dead. And um, yeah, so how Just do I know? Yeah. Look at your life, that's it. That's all you need. You don't need to think about what you know. Yes, is there fruit there? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that was a good conversation. Uh, anyone have anything they need to add, would like to add? No, thanks for leading that. We've closed up all the rabbit holes. That's good. All right. Well, I hope that has been uh, encouraging to those listening. Again, please feel free to get in touch with any questions, comments, suggestions for topics. Um, You can go to our website, uh, hillcitybaptist.com. Our emails are there. Feel free to email us. And we hope to see you next week. 